Hey, as long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Potomy app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radiopotomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV. Morning news on 710 KURV. Top newsmakers. Here's Sergio Sanchez. Time for an update from our massive job-creating economic engine of the RGV. That would be the Rio Grande Valley port of Brownsville. The director, Ed Campinano, joining us. Let's start with a press release a few days back, Chief, on the record almost $14 billion in exports and imports and looking at the foreign trade zone. Ours is called number 62, eclipsing the $10 billion mark. So let's start there, Chief. Well, uh, you know, we've been obviously always in the uh, uh, top three of, of the where we rank as far as a foreign trade zone in, in this country out of 192 foreign trade zones. Well, the most recent release showed a significant improvement uh in the uh, total numbers, both for the uh, value of exported commodities, where we rank number two in the nation, uh, as well as the overall value of both imports and and exports uh, for uh, the port of Brownsville. And so, you know, this this is an indication of you know the, our our customers have, have rebounded. Uh, there's a lot of activity going on. Uh, you're reading a lot more of you know Mexico becoming. Uh, you know, back to um, manufacturing full production, whether it's uh, steel, uh, whether it's other commodities. Of course, we do still do a lot of uh, fuel that goes into Mexico. So, I mean, this is this is another indication. I mean, quite a significant. We went from uh, roughly um, a little under nine ten billion in 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 both combined imports and exports in 2021 to 13.9 almost 14 billion uh in 2022 and and it doesn't appear that we're going to see any slowdown. Uh, I also need to say this is only for the roughly 13 or so 14 participants in the FTZ. Uh this does not include such, you know, uh, imports as or exports as our steel slab, which is our number one commodity. You know, so, you know, there is a potential that we're going to see more and more of this uh, not only with steel slab perhaps coming under the banner of FTC, but also the prospects in the future of uh, of LNG uh, coming under the prospects of the FTC. So, you know, this is a significant increase, and uh, it obviously bodes well for the region. If we're ranked number three among the foreign trade zones at this volume, once, as you said, the steel starts exporting and ships start you know, sailing away uh, full of LNG, might that make us number one five, six years down the road, or maybe sooner? Uh, it it could potentially. I mean, it has significant uh, impact. If all the things we know are going to happen right now that are already uh, commitments in place as far as LNG, uh, as far as additional uh, tonnage of cargo associated with with uh, with uh, 
the steel production, uh, especially with the expansion of the Pesqueria project, and just the general growth. Uh, in the next five to seven years, you know, the port stands to move significantly, not only in the area of FTZ, but just generally in total cargo and volume of cargo movement through this port. Uh, we, we currently are in, according to the Corps of Engineers, we are number 55 out of 150 ports in the nation as how they measure waterborne tonnage. With the things that are on the board that we know is going to happen, it wouldn't be uh, I can imagine that the port is going to leap into the top 20 of uh, ports in the nation wow. for the uh, for the overall waterborne commodities movement in, in the country. So I, I think the port is positioned very, very well. Uh, those are significant uh, achievements as it, as it, it, you know, how we leapfrog other ports. Uh, and it, it's uh, it's looking very, very well for the future of this port, obviously. Which complements what Governor Greg Abbott was saying recently at that RGV Economic Summit, that our port at Brownsville, uh, he said, I believe he said it's, it's the centerpiece of future economic expansion from, for the RGV, if you want to expand on that a bit. He did say that, and, uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, Texas is a maritime state. A lot of, uh, you know, the port industry is, is hugely impactful for the state. So, you know, it's not like the governor doesn't have anything uh, to to base his, his comments on. And, and certainly the port of Brownsville has shown significant growth over the last few years. Uh, it, like I said, it's positioned very, very well. Uh, obviously, the LNG uh, project is the biggest thing to 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 uh, you know bolster. I think uh, that that argument, uh, which which uh, uh, you know we obviously believe in uh, significantly, uh, the announcement of the Rio Bravo pipeline project. That's the complement to that is going to be made very very soon. You know that's another uh, impact to to the region. You know that's probably another three billion dollars. So I mean there is a lot going on. You know this port is positioned very well. The valley as a whole is positioned very, very well, you know, not only the, the activities at the port, but, you know, some of the other activities that are going on in the Rio Grande Valley. So uh, certainly you've heard me say that the industrialization of the Rio Grande Valley is going to occur in Cameron County, and it's going to occur in the area of the port and work its way out, and I still believe that uh, very strongly, and uh, that's only echoed, I think, by the governor's comments. Yes, sir. Ed Campidano, director of the Rio Grande Valley Port of Brownsville. Could you expand briefly on the quick mention for the Rio Bravo $3 billion project uh, that's pending. So tell, give us a status report on that. Well, well, it's, it's you know, obviously uh, an, uh, an integral part of the Rio Grande LNG project. You know, that's the, the obviously the LNG facility itself is the component. But the second component that also was a parallel track for FERC permitting and all that goes into that was the Rio Bravo uh, pipeline project, which was acquired from uh, next decade by uh, Enbridge. Uh, so Enbridge has the Rio Bravo pipeline project. Uh, they're going to be building two 42-inch uh, natural gas pipelines from the Agua Dulce hub all the way to the port for that project. And like I said, you know, that project is going to be occurring as well. Uh, you know, the uh, the Valley Crossing Pipeline, which was the first project built by Enbridge, which was really the first largest, the largest industrial project that's that occurred, you know, at a $1.8, almost $2 billion mark. Well, now we've got this next one coming, and that's going to be approximately $3 billion. And, you know, that's another um, 
uh, shot in the arm. Uh, I remember when they built the Rio Grande pipeline project, you know, for the year that that project was under construction, you know, they employed 2,500 workers here from Cameron County. So uh, you're only going to be adding to the number of jobs that are going to be created in the short term. Uh, but obviously, it's also going to be a big boost, another continuous uh, uh, boost to the region. So, you know, we ought to be hearing that one uh, fairly soon. It's really a far gone conclusion. It's going to happen. It has to happen. It's ready to happen. Uh, it is already all permitted and ready to go. Uh, so we'll we'll be we'll be seeing that complement to the LNG as well. A, a question I would throw at you from time to time. Every month, it seems we have hundreds and hundreds of jobs available at the port. And now with LNG on the way and all this pipe, how many jobs, you, you're willing to guess how many jobs are open right now for locals to sop up or folks being brought in from well, out of town? Well, you know, what's hard to, what's hard to put a, a finger on is how many, you know, how quickly uh, uh, Bechtel is ramping up. You know, they told us that by the end of the year they would be at roughly 600, and, you know, they had a job fair just recently. Uh, and so, you know, they're out beating the bushes as best they can. Uh, I think uh, next year into 2024 uh, to the latter part as we get into 2025, that's, that's where you're going to see the real peak beginning, uh, you know, to having up to 5,000, if not more, uh, construction workers on site, you know, couple that with the pipeline project, just those two alone. Uh, and obviously, you know, we still see uh, increased activity at the port. Uh, uh, you know, you, you, you know we're, we're still working on the Navy project. Uh, obviously, the JFK is due here before the end of the year. The last of the seven aircraft carriers, we're in. Good, I think we're in good position in wow. one of three ports that is in consideration for the Enterprise. Uh, you know, that's going to be another big project. So, you know, we're we're just in a good place uh, right now. Thanks for the update, Chief. That's from from the Rio Grande Valley Port of Brownsville, our director at Campidano. As long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Parami app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radio Potomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. Download the free app for 710 KURV and all our sister stations at Radio United. Crisp, clear audio and access to previous programs from 710KURV only at Radio Parami. Download it. It's free. Our city manager for Brazil, Helen Ramirez, with an economic update for our city. Where would you like to start as far as economic data, Helen? Where do we start for Brazil? Construction, sales, or maybe some other major projects in EDC? Yeah, sales, we're still waiting on some of our numbers. We have we hosted the Games of Texas, um, so we're looking at hopefully getting it mid-September. Maybe in a week, our sales, t- sales tax and our hotel occupancy tax, since we really we hosted um, 7,000 athletes from around Texas. So there's a big economic driver there. Yeah. But what I would say is that um, 
We're going to be hosting um, the Greater Brownsville Summits Corporation and the City of Brownsville will be hosting a careers and coffee event on September 27th from 8 to 4 at our event center. And really, we have about over 3,000 to 4,000 jobs available. Um, companies such as SpaceX, Next Decade, Bechtel, um, also Keppel, the hospitals that we've you know that opened up from DHR, they're all going to be participating um, in the Careers and Coffee event. So, you know, we're very excited. It's free from 8 to 4. So it's very exciting that um, now we start hiring for these companies that are already here and expanding in, in and around the greater Brownsville area. And that's going to require several job fairs to get those thousands and thousands of jobs to get filled up. And, and what do you know as far as Texas Southmost College, maybe the university, and even Texas A&M with their training center with Texas Workforce trying to provide that skill set necessary for the construction of the massive LNG facilities in the area and, and other big projects? They're all very busy is what I know uh, from Texas A&M. They do great training. Uh, much of it is free. I know my own public works department and different departments um, take that training and we have an MOU, but Texas Southwest College, you know, talking uh, to the president there and, and he's innovating and changing and hiring to be able to keep up. So I know everyone's very active um, in that recruitment. Next Decade had a recruiting uh, fair event uh, last week. And so this is just magnified bigger. It's very rare that you even get uh, to interview face-to-face. Um, sometimes they offer on-site uh, hiring, like they'll hire you on-site. I know the city of Brownsville has about over 150 positions open from, from PD to engineering, um, you know, to different finance departments. So all different departments are represented in that. So it's, hopefully people either, you know, come back or just say, you know what, I don't have to leave a Brownsville or Cameron County to find a, a good career. Helen Domenis, our city manager for Brownsville with an economic update for our city. I know you were instrumental years ago in helping to negotiate this vertical takeoff landing project for the area. Uh, for that and for any spinoff, maybe other companies coming to the area to to benefit or supply something for SpaceX. Is there any news that you can share with that? From what I understand, well, we're working on the vendors, right? SpaceX's vendors. Um, we're going to uh, working on holding an event for the vendors. Uh, we held one a couple of years ago. I want to say about two years ago um, through the Greater Brownsville Centers Corporation, and we want to bring that back. Um, and so right now it's more of a what we hear about is they're looking for space, right? So lots of times we hear the, the, they say, you know, we need 50,000 square feet of space um, with our different industrial brokers that we have in the area. Um, and and it's, the space is tight because there's very low vacancy for industrial construction. So that puts a lot of um, good pressure, I guess, on our EDCs to, to be able to provide that space. And they're working towards that. With the new executive director, uh, Brett, he's really focusing on opening that business park first quarter of next year. So we're very excited about all the, um, you know, all of the excitement in terms of SpaceX uh, imminent launch and um, and also the LNGs moving forward and, you know, their construction starting. It's already started. What more can you tell me about the expansion of SpaceX? It seems that I keep seeing more renderings, more drawings of massive warehousing there at Boca Chica Beach near future. And once Elon Musk is successful with the launch of the heavy rocket out there, I can imagine 
things are going to move real quick at SpaceX? Sure. I mean, I think the Star Factory is is um, still nearing its construction and completion. Um, you know, so that's a huge. If you get to see it, you know, you could see it that it's midway through, but the, the height of that is 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 like no other. Um, I would also say that you know. SpaceX in general, when we talk about transportation, um, you know, they are looking ultimately at point-to-point travel. Um, so lo- using lower Earth orbit, you'd be able to get to Asia or Europe, wow. you know, in less than an hour. <laughs> so that's very powerful. When we're talking about travel, uh-huh. it's not only, you know, going back and to the moon and Mars and beyond, but really are multi-planetary. It's really even within the, the our, you know, our world, our Earth. Sure. Would that require the use of of our airport or big airport in Brownsville, the big runway to lift off that way and then, you know, punch the rocket to get to the other side of the planet. Is that the way it would work? You know, the way that it would work, it's very interesting, right? Um, I think the, well, first of all, our airport has about 60 tenants of which one is SpaceX. So that's, that's a very powerful message. When we look at regional airports, the regional, if you look at Harlingen or you look at Brownsville, it's more than, it's an airport, but that airport also is the driver of industrial um, and light industrial tenants. So it becomes a very powerful, we just, I don't know if you know, but we just inaugurated on Friday our direct flight to Vegas um, with the Velo Airlines. So we had this great event and to us, you know, those ticket sales are already selling um, pre-sales. So we're very excited. Now you'll know you have a direct flight um, on Fridays and Mondays from the Brownsville South Powder Island International Airport to Las Vegas. So Hel- I just had to put that plug yeah, in. Yeah, no, understood. <laughs> no, which is an, 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 but, um, it's an example of the expansion of business and retail and services in the area that I suspect would you would see a lot more of near future with all these jobs that will need to be created at the Port of Brownsville to construct LNG and other major pro- projects and pipeline coming to the area. That's thousands of apartments, thousands of homes that need to set up. And retailers that I would suspect, uh, service providers, restaurants, and other companies that we need to set up shop in Brownsville that would rapidly expand the retail base in the city. You know, I'm really glad that you bring that out because we knew this time would come. There is this momentum where, you know, um, sometimes cities, even in 2019, we were still telling people or convincing people that they need to invest here. Now we're at a very different time. We're at the time that the momentum is there, and they're calling the city. They're calling the EDC. Excellent. So that momentum and that proof that we're ready, that we're here, that the economy is telling us that this is where uh, South Texas jobs are going to be, that's already out there. And so what I'm hearing, seeing is that the amount of deal, the amount of deal making is quickly accelerating to, to the point there's even competition. And that's a great problem to have. UTRGV's expansion into downtown Brownsville is this their commitment to grow in Brownsville. So it's very exciting to be part of that deal with the Majestic and really seeing, I think that's just going to be the, the tip of the iceberg with, with what they're going to be investing in and developing in Brownsville. Continued success, Helen. Thank you for the update. Our city manager for Brownsville, Helen Ramirez. Talking heads. I agree with you. Talk, 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 talk. Okay, hello? 
Yes, I'm here. I'm just listening. Yes. No. Yeah. No. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah. Everyone is so smart. They are so dumb. Who is she the judge? Stand up to do something. Thank you. The Valley's only news talk station. News Talk 710 KURV. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. Let's catch up to speed with local folks responsible for planning our roadways and highways in South Texas. We have a a unified effort in South Texas, the RGV Metropolitan Planning Organization. And helping out is Andrew Cannon. I think we should start there again. How impressive the change of this unified effort is now. We're top five market in Texas with access with so much more money. And at last tax message with you, you were telling me we're looking at a record budget, billions, billions more dollars for for South Texas. So let's start there, Andrew. Yeah, since the merger, it's really been great. You know, over the last, um, oh, my gosh, several cycles, you know, not too long ago, we were getting about $500 million to the region annually wow. for construction projects. Uh, we're now well over $3 billion. Excellent. Excellent. So I think we're seeing the fruits of the merger and the labor that the elected officials put into it, the intensity. Uh, so it's really prevailed for us. Please remind me and all working people driving around town right now, where the RGV MPO, where does it rank in developing roads around here? You all decide budget based on projects? or Who makes the final decision? And after you all talk about this, how long does it usually take before we see the actual development of, of projects? Where, where do you stand in the hierarchy of, of decision-making? Well, humbly, I say we stand at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> that's probably not accurate for some, but uh, the elected officials, uh, Judge uh, Eddie Trevino is our chairman, and Commissioner David Fuentes, uh, Precinct 1 in Hidalgo County, is uh, our vice chairman. The elected officials make up the MPO around the table, and they actually vote to make sure that funding goes to the adequate or proper projects. They're going to be ready to go. Uh, Category 2 or TxDOT projects come to the table. TxDOT presents a list. There's a consensus on that. The board sort of has a sign-off and agreement. And then we have pots of money that come directly to the MPO that the elected officials, hopefully with good information provided to them by staff, and through the local governments, uh, select projects to distribute the funding to, and hopefully those projects move forward quickly. Um, we look for them to move forward sooner than quicker. Um, you know, we're, we're almost wrapped up with the La Jolla Loop, or should I say TxDOT is. Um, that's one of the first projects we discussed when I came on board 20 years ago, Sergio. So um, depending on the project, it can be quite timely. Uh, local projects can be a shorter horizon, ten years or less. Um, but I don't, I don't want to mislead the public that this is something that happens very quickly because there's an environmental process that has yeah. to go through. Sometimes, most of the times, there's a right of way process, and that's very long. Uh, there's nothing easy about right of way acquisition, um, so it, it's not a quick process. Would you be able to share what the top, let's say, three, maybe five projects are that? are being considered by the leadership table? Oh, absolutely. Well, we just got IBTC funded over in FAR, which is a project that will be a elevated expressway-type system that will connect the FAR Bridge, Donna Bridge, up to Interstate 2. 
Uh, right now, East Loop is very much at the top of our priority list in Cameron County. Uh, that's going to provide direct connectivity from the port uh, to Veterans Bridge. Uh, so as you can imagine with the freight and the cargo that we have moving through, uh, that project is definitely number one at the top of the list. Uh, the second causeway remains, remains at the top of the list as well, hmm. always a priority for the area. Uh, and then a project that we call the I-69 Connector, uh, which, uh, you, you know, ballpark, let's just say in the Monte Cristo area, there's no alignment selected, but it would be a high-speed uh, roadway as well that would connect I-69C to I-69E, given as a parallel corridor uh, to Interstate 2. And it would also be one phase, if you will. It's not meant that way, but it just works out that it would be like one phase of the connector to the causeway. Because the I-69 connector, we hope, will align somewhere with where the outer loop in the Harlingen area would be. And that outer loop will connect with the second causeway. So that would provide another method for people to be able to get to the beach once all of that is completed. Hmm. I can just hear some people... Uh, driving around town and going, especially at the at the, uh, at the interchange, going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who cares about that? I just want to know when this darn road's going to be fixed. Well, that that project's already up hey, and the running. Interchange is ahead of schedule. Okay, well, <laughs> good. That's good to hear. Maybe before the end of the year. Maybe that's that's the best we can expect. Uh, I'll yeah. leave that to Textot. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's that's in Textot's lap already. It's already funded and it's almost done. Um, yes. At the moment, international trade must be a, a big focus. I, I mean, I, and I find it curious that you mentioned the second causeway. We can go back to that. But uh, again, making truck access, bridge access, highway access faster, that's the whole objective right now, I would imagine, from top priority, uh, as far as top priority from leadership. Uh, safer, honestly. Faster, yes. Safer. You know, we. we we have a vision zero that we're working on with Textile. You know, we haven't had a death-free um, day on the roads in Texas, I think, since 2007. Um, so, yes, my, my board is mindful of that. They're looking at projects that can move quickly. They're looking at projects that are going to move people and goods safe and efficiently throughout the region. Let's talk Causeway, second Causeway. Uh, I didn't sure. hear much from lawmakers this, this go-around. I know it's something they think about, but... It's at some point they got to pull the trigger on this because it it would take like what ten years to build something like that, and I didn't see much movement this past go around the legislative session. Well, I know that you know uh, Judge Trevino and Pete Sepulveda over with the CCRMA. They're very mindful of that project. I believe uh, it's in the environmental phase. Uh, I, I I know they're doing due diligence to seek any funding opportunities that there are on that project. And I think that it was something that will come up through our next unified transportation program, our next 10-year process, which is updated annually. I, I think there will be more um, uh, certain, certainly some more in-depth talks about trying to locate and identify some funding for construction for the second causeway so that project can move forward because um, it's much needed for the area for economic stimulus. It's needed for safety. It's needed for growth of the region. Uh, it really dots all our eyes. So I know they're very mindful of that project, and we're always seeking opportunities for funding for it. Andrew, thank you for the update. That's Andrew Cannon with the RGV Metropolitan Planning Organization. Hey, 
as long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Parami app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radio Potomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. This is News Talk 710 KURV, this radio station, exclusive play-by-play home for Houston Astros baseball. Thank you to our many supporters, including FNT Valley Motorsports and Riverside Development Services and also Hess Air. We welcome back from the Texas Department of Transportation, Pete, Pete, Pete Alvarez, our area engineer. We got so much to catch up with, and all of a sudden, an emergency contract that needs to be sent out there to fix quite a mess at an overpass. Pete, welcome back to the program. Let's start there. What happened at that overpass? Where and what happened and and how long will it take to fix? Good morning, Sergio. Yeah, so we had uh, obviously an incident there at 2nd Street, I-2 and 2nd Street. Uh, There was an oversized uh, load that was coming through and hit the outside beam on the westbound uh, main lanes. And uh, as a result, there was a lot of damage to that outside beam. Uh, the bridge is safe. We had to shut down uh, that northbound lane uh, closest to that beam as a precautionary measure. Uh, however, we are in the process of developing an emergency contract, uh, reaching out to contractors in our area, and ultimately uh, do a fix as soon as possible. Um, the timeline is going to be dependent on on uh, how soon we can get the materials. Uh, we require usually specialty type materials, fast curing concrete as an example, to try and get this thing repaired in a timely manner. Uh, if I had to estimate the, the time for that to happen, it'd probably be six weeks, maybe two months. How did it happen, Pete? I mean, that, that's a lot of damage. That Was that huge vehicle going at full throttle, full speed? Uh, well, uh, the, it's under investigation right now. Uh, I think McCallum PD and DPS are both involved in that investigation. Uh, when you see damage of that uh, of that magnitude, usually uh, it, the vehicle is going at least 65 miles per hour. Uh, that's that's what we Oof. can uh, estimate. Uh, that wow. is the speed limit in the area. But but yeah. you know one of the things that's really really important is for people to understand is whenever you have an overweight or oversized load, you have to get a special permit to the Department of Motor Vehicles. They work very closely with us to identify routes that are uh, that are acceptable. For depending on the size and the weight of, of those loads. And so if, if all measures are taken into account, if, if proper procedures are followed and uh, the permits are, are, are issued, uh, we would have never put a load like that on the interstate. We would never, never would have allowed it, and we would have used an alternate route. What does that mean? Sometimes that means taking a route outside of town to get to your ultimate destination where there is a minimized risk, if you will. Pete Alvarez, our text engineer, and joining us, my producer, Freddie, had a good question on State Highway 68, right? Can you give me an update on that? What's the plan? Yeah, so State Highway 68, uh, we are moving forward with the environmental process. Uh, environmental schematics are expected to be approved this December. What does that mean? Once the environmental document is approved and we follow the NEPA process, that will enable us to start uh, the, or continue, I should say, 
the acquisition of right-of-way and utilities. Uh, and that's really, really important to get the project basically shovel-ready. We anticipate going to construction uh, in in 2026. That is our, our expectation. It'll take us approximately uh, two years or so to get all the right-of-way utilities adjusted, uh, and then we'll go to construction uh, soon thereafter. 68 is Mid-Valley, right? Uh, tell me again, we're, we're precisely where is it? What, what yeah, road so, are we using? Yeah, so State Highway 68 is a north-south uh, corridor, if you will, parallel uh, I-69C or US-21. Mm-hmm. It, it will start in the Valverde area, uh, FM 1423 Valverde. Uh, in that general area, head north uh, to 1925, that's phase one. And then from 1925 north and then curl back to the west to the Edinburgh Airport area. Uh, that So the, the actual project limits are from Valverde and I-2 north of of Edinburgh, just north of the of the airport there. Yeah, yeah man, that's a lot of right away, and people own a lot of land around there. Good, good luck. And yeah, it's about a thousand acres. It's estimated to be about a thousand acres of right away acquisition. Yeah, this is going to be ultimately an expressway facility, folks, that will be parallel to to the interstate. Pete Alvarez, and part of the Yellow yeah. County Loop. <laughs> yeah, there we go. That's the that's the loop that we expect to see. Pete Alvarez, or a text engineer, joining us. Okay, so let's go back to the interchange and the far area. Uh, you're doing a lot of rerouting and detouring, and you set you shut down a specific leg to it just a, f- a few days back. So, give me a status report. What did you shut down? Where's the traffic headed? Because I know that's likely a nightmare for folks doing the morning commute. Well, so we we uh, shut down State Highway 495. Uh, that that cross the cross street there the intersection there we shut it down now it's basically a right turn all the way around there the whole goal here is to provide a continuous movement for people that are coming from the san juan area if you will traveling west having to exit and then heading north towards edinburgh uh there was a lot of delays in that uh, that intersection and so what we did is let's figure out a way to provide continuous movement now it's not 60 miles an hour uh, it's, it's nothing like that However, it is very similar, if you think about it, to what we had done with direct connectors or bridges two and three, where there was a continuous movement. Yes, there's a detour, there's a reroute, yeah. but it allows traffic to continue to flow. What we have noticed is people have already started changing their driving patterns, and we thank them for that. Folks are utilizing now FM 907 Alamo Road, uh, FM 1426 Raul Longoria to head north towards Nolana and, and then make their way towards the west. And so the whole idea here is, Traffic patterns are already being adjusted. People are finding alternate routes, and we thank the public for that. This will enable us to basically continue to move traffic through and, and, and rebuild uh, direct connector number one uh, that, that, that obviously is we're trying to get that done. It will be done uh, if all goes well by de- December of this year. All right, Pete. The second Causeway conversation was something that I brought up with Andrew Cannon from the RGV MPO. That and the fact that they're now looking at a record amount of money for road construction and highway construction in the area. If if you had a chance to try to sell them maybe the top two or three projects for the area, would a a second causeway be among the top two or three projects? Or is there a a greater priority for other interchange work or expansion of highways here in the Rio Grande Valley or connectors to back to the international bridges? What would you say are the top two, three for local leaders to consider? Yeah. So, yeah, so I'm going to start off 
there's about five projects I think that that are really really important for our region that we need to to focus on. I'm going to start in Cameron County. Uh, Second Causeway is in the top five. East Loop uh, that will connect the Port of Entry in Brownsville uh, to Matamoros back to the Port of Brownsville is a very important project. I-69 connector that will connect I-69C to I-69E. That is a, a, a parallel route to I-2. That is a very important project. And then you start looking at the US-281 uh, continuing uh, north and US-77 continuing north and south. Uh, those are probably the five priority projects for this urbanized uh, metropolitan area. And with now that they're dealing with a record budget as far as money that they're able to get approved for or something like this, all those that shopping list you should be able to complete much faster than you know what you expected several years back. That is exactly right. We have been blessed. Uh, we have seen an over five hundred percent increase in our funding. We were right around six hundred million dollars back in twenty seventeen. Today we're getting three point six billion dollars for the next ten years. That's amazing. And so, I mean, you start thinking that's sixfold, right? And so, when you start thinking about it from that perspective. That is a very good amount of money that's coming into our region. Our challenge now is to make sure that we get projects to shovel ready, that we work with our contracting community to deliver these projects. Uh, many of these projects are set to go to construction in the next four years. And so all that means is there's going to be more construction uh, in, in the area. Uh, folks, we got to get used to this. Uh, our area is growing. The population is going to multiply in the next 20 years or so. Uh, so we're trying to anticipate and get ready for what's coming and minimize, if you will, delays, congestion, things of that nature. Safety is our number one priority. We will focus on, on those type of projects, mobility and connectivity are next in line. Thank you, Pete, for the update from our textile office, our engineer, Pete Alvarez. You're always on the go. Obviously pretty busy. Busy with work. Picking up my kids from school. From work to kids to running errands. Your entire day is a hands-on, never-ending frenzy of activity. Luckily, getting the news is now voice activated. Just say, Alexa, play 710-KURB. I'd like to know what's going on in my world. I gotta know what's going on in my city. Putting the smart in your smart speaker. I'm getting my news from you and my information. For the latest news and to find out what's happening in rich, clear audio. Just say, Alexa, play 710 KURB. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. Social media phenomenon has some child doctors and therapists, other folks, examining what the effect, long range effect on kids, learning, development will be. For example, TikTok and YouTube and other so Instagram, other social media providing videos, especially, for example, the TikTok that has earned in some medical circles the label TikTok Brain because they've got little videos, 15, 30-second videos, short videos that seem to, for some kids, they seem to become addicted to a short-form entertainment that is almost instantly gratifying and might lead to them easily being distracted or not paying attention to long-form data that they need to take in, for example, study at school. Dr. Vince Callahan is my guest. This TikTok brain that's being talked about in some medical circles, 
You agree with it that it, it's becoming addictive and might uh, lead to um, educational, developmental uh, blunting for some of these kids that are constantly watching these 15-second, 30-second short, short-form videos? Absolutely. I've studied the brain the last 13 years uh, doing my doctoral research and writing my dissertation and studying postdoctoral uh, work. And I absolutely agree with the TikTok brain phenomenon because you are getting the short burst of dopamine in your brain, which makes you feel good. And people go after what makes them feel good. And so these kids are spending time watching these reels and watching these 15 second, 30 second bursts and getting that dopamine rush. Hmm. Uh, One of the interesting things on brain studies is the same pleasure centers in the brain that are activated when you have drug use are activated when you have that same dopamine rush with the screen time. All right. So having said that, how much time, if at all, how much time would you allow and at what age would you allow these kids to enjoy some of these little funny videos, 15-second short blurbs? Well, the, the developing brain doesn't need that much stimuli because it overloads, and there's even research that shows there's a connection to screen time and autism development. So I wouldn't recommend screen time before at least elementary school. Uh, they've, I've, I know kids that start at six months of age on screens. Yeah. It's kind of an electronic pacifier. And so for me, I, I wouldn't do it before elementary, maybe even middle school. Um, and if I'm going to do anything, I'm going to limit the screen time to maybe one to two hours a day at the most. Um, that, that's still within a reasonable range. But, you know, parents, they, they, they've kind of given over parenting uh, to an electronic pacifier. And so now yeah. it's kind of the, you know, the, the chicken's out of the hen house already. What do we do to put it back in? Yeah. And the reality of life is you've got to start slow and kind of wean them down a little bit. You can't just all of a sudden say, oh, you can't have your screen anymore because you're going to get a very adverse reaction when you, when you do that. Yeah, well, I suppose you could use it as a prize. Yeah. Read this book for me, kid. <laughs> if you if you do, I'll give right. you I'll give you you know twenty minutes or something like that. Watch your little short form videos. Uh, Doctor Vince Callahan is my guest. We're talking about these short form videos, the fifteen second, uh, maybe twenty second short form video. Chinese Communist Party owned TikTok is making your kids addicted to this stuff. <laughs> TikTok brain, and they're getting a, a quick pleasure. Video after video, after. there's millions of that stuff on. It's funny, it's uh-huh. uh, you know bloopers, all that, and the kids love that. Understood, but there's other educational stuff. Uh, there's PBS programs, thirty minute programs, sure. educational programs. That's good stuff. But again, as you said, uh, for little little ones developing, you, you want them doing something educational, constructive. Maybe while they're in the shopping cart over at H E Butt. Okay. Then give give them a little right little tablet. Watch a PBS show for about thirty minutes. Okay, baby, that's that's all you get. Something like that where right. they learn something at the same time. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, we we I, what I say to parents is, if you really want to change the culture of your family, let's try this. Just try one hour a week of being together as a family with no screens. Nice. Just one hour. Nice. It, you don't have to. You don't have to stop everything, yeah. but one hour dedicated to the family. More than and just you know church. More than just going to church or going out to dinner, people. It's all about something else. That's right. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah. That's right. Actually sitting on the couch and just being together as a family. Wow. One hour a week. See what happens to the culture of your family. That's beautiful. Thank you, Dr. Vince. Hey, what do they find you for? Thank you. More, um, more recommendations. Uh, on Dr. Kid- yeah. DrVinceCallahan.com. Easy enough. And there's free downloads for families, and there's resources on our website, and they can find me on that uh, or at socials doc, at Dr. Vince Callahan uh, on social media. All right. Be safe, amigo. We'll call you again. Thank you so much. This is the only radio station in the Rio Grande Valley for the news and information you need to know. We are News Talk 710K URV. Discover our Facebook page, 710K URV, also Twitter. I'm Sergio Sanchez, and my email is Sergio at KURV.com. Thank you for listening to News Talk 710K URV. As long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Para Mi app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radio Potomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV.